He's an incredibly, incredibly talented football player, but he is a toss pot. Hello and welcome to the Un-American Football Show. Uh, week 9 has been an absolute shit show of shenanigans. So here to help me pick it all apart and try to make some sense of it all's Ross. Checking in while on holiday on the uh, on the old Costa Brava, mate. Commitment to the cause is fantastic. Yeah, it's not bad, mate. Like, uh, we're an hour. It's going to make my life uh, with NFL a lot trickier this upcoming week, being an extra hour um, behind all the action, or ahead of all the action, I should say. But um, no matter, I... Uh, Stick with the NFL through thick and thin. <laughs> I mean, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a bit. Uh, it's, it's been a, a rough weekend for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it was a little rough. I think I'm actually quite ready for a break in Barcelona away from NFL <laughs> uh, after the weekend I just had. But it's, it's all good, all good. I'm sure it's something we'll get onto and um, talk not so glowingly about. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Well, there's only really one thing to do here and that's to check in on the news of the week and we'll start with a we'll start with an easier one easier thing to talk about with um obj he's been released by the cleveland browns unsurprisingly um been several reports suggesting that he's favoring the pats saying he's favoring the packers saying the seahawks are after him it's all a bit uh it's all a bit up in the air. No one really knows what's going to happen. The Packers are obviously probably the most likely destination as a genuine postseason contender, um, and obviously that's what he's done. That, that that the report says that he's after. He's only after a a, a, a postseason contender, um, and if anybody else drafts him, he's going to cause problems, which is a bad start, isn't it? Um, what what do you make of it all? Ironically, he's after a, a postseason contender and would like to join a postseason contender. Would you not argue the Browns just coming off their wild card win against the Steelers last year, um, still got a winning record this year, just thrashed the Bengals, um, as we'll get on to. He's thrashed the Bengals the, without OBJ. Odell Beckham, yep. And suddenly it seems like, well, not suddenly, it's been brewing for a few months, maybe if not years, to be honest, because we know that Baker Mayfield connection hasn't quite worked. Um, they've not quite been in sync ever since that big blockbuster of a trade in 2019. Um, let's not forget the Browns gave up Jabril Peppers, the former first-round pick, Kevin Zeitler, who's a starting guard in this league, uh, first and third-round picks um, for Odell Beckham Jr. And have who, 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 who really, really thought, here we are another couple of years later, that Odell Beckham Jr. would be the problem with that trade at the time? I think everybody kind of thought it's like, can Baker Mayfield make it work with him? Can like it's going to be Baker Mayfield's fault if it doesn't work out with him? But yeah. Mayfield under this regime with Kevin Stefanski has actually been pretty solid. You know, he's got he's injured at the moment. He's playing hurt, um, which is led yeah, to some issues. He had, a, I mean, he had a hell of a game. Exactly, and he plays well in this system. And it's actually Odell Beckham Jr. that's failing in this system and failing to get uh, on board with the team. Uh, at this point and are we really that surprised because he is a little bit of a diva I was never really that enamoured with him in the first place you know it's he, that catch man he, it's that it's that catch he makes he, make, he, make, he makes a 
one hell of a boozy catch. He catches a few touchdown passes. Everyone loses their shit over him. I was just like... I, other than the catch, I've seen nothing overly special about the dude. And as soon as, in, as, soon as he was in the league, the... Uh, the off the field shenanigans started, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not, a I'm, I'm not a fan of the guy." I was never, a, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I was a fan of the guy, um, like just from reading all the reports and all the off the field stuff to start with. It wasn't anything too serious, or like, like some of the things we've seen in the last couple of weeks. It was nothing like that. No, it's just distractions, unnecessary. Yes. Distractions. It's it's like Juju Smith Schuster shenanigans yes. as opposed to. The Raiders shenanigans, right? I agree. I actually think the Beckham, the Beckham could be the one that kind of started all that off. To be honest with you, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is copying Odell Beckham Jr. Once that kind of limelight, but regardless, it's another thing that we're giving too much chat to that Steelers for for a wide receiver. Um, Beckham did start his career really, really well. That's the only the only position I'll defend him in. Uh, he went over thirteen hundred yards the first three seasons in the league. Like was exceptional, crisp route runner. Then he had that run in with Josh Norman in twenty sixteen. That we all that's that kind of fateful run in on there against the Panthers, and then since he broke his leg, I think, or maybe had a knee injury in 2017, I don't think he's ever been quite the same. He's just always been had those injury issues, uh, off the field distractions, um, barely puts up a thousand yards these days, and hasn't played well the last couple of years, quite frankly. And 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 the you know the reports the reports say that he doesn't even run the routes that he's supposed to when he's on the field. Why I honestly, he's there are very few organisations where he's going to go and make them better. I just wouldn't wouldn't bother. It does. It's he's just not worth the hassle for me. It's sad though because I uh, you do have that feeling that he might still have the talent, and if he buys into a system with uh, say Aaron Rodgers, which I'm not sure we'll get onto, then. <laughs> Maybe he's going to turn into a star again. Like, you just don't know. Maybe it was all in Cleveland. They just didn't fancy it. We know he didn't like the trade in the first place out to Cleveland. They said there was nothing to do out there, which, you know, shouldn't really matter when you're getting paid millions of dollars it's to play football. It's probably a good thing <laughs> that there were a few <laughs> distractions. Um, yeah. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about QR on. Um, what a storm. What a storm he's caused. Uh, I mean,. I'm sure everyone's seen clips. If you haven't seen the full 46-minute conversation from last Friday on the Pat McAfee show, it's on his YouTube. Go and watch it. Because he doesn't just talk bullshit. He doubles and triples and quadruples down on absolute nonsense. The guy is a fucking knobhead. Yeah, he definitely didn't pick up any third downs on, on the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> Just kept doubling down on them. Fuck um, me. I mean, he, he took. I mean, he he took safety after safety after safety. Didn't he? <laughs> it was. It Jesus was shocking. Christ. I mean, so so I I I'll, I'll I'll give you my take on it, right? And you can sort of take us from there. So he says he he says to begin with that he's uh, he's becoming a victim of the woke mob. And that, uh, and that it's going to be the final nail in his uh, cancel culture uh, coffin, which that's that's literally how he opens the segment. It's just like, wow, this is going to be good. He goes on to say that he's um, <clears throat> he's um, 
allergic to two of the to, to two ingredients in the mRNA um, vaccine, and then lies about information that is doesn't exist on the CDC website. That's that's one thing. He's saying that there's stuff on the website that it doesn't exist. He's made that up. Um, he talks about how his his medical team creating like a 500 page document or 500 pages of medical research. And it goes on to say that basically his medical team is Joe fucking Rogan. If you don't, if you don't know who Joe Rogan is, he's a comedian, he's a UFC commentator, and he's a moron. Entertaining guy on, on UFC commentary, but he's a moron. Uh, he, he talks about how the left, the left liberal media were, were talking about how you can't take the vaccines when Trump was pushing it. He, Trump never pushed it. He, he was talking about fucking drinking bleach and shit. But then as soon as Biden starts pushing it, the, the, the left, left-leaning left media was all like, oh, yeah, let's take the vaccine. It's fine. He also says that a doctor told him that uh, if you have the vaccine, you will never get that COVID. I mean, that just didn't happen. No medical professional has ever claimed that. It's fucking ridiculous. He also talking about it being a completely new and revolutionary technology, despite the fact that mRNA vaccines have been around for years, this is like decade plus old technology. It's not been used a great deal, admittedly, but this is not new technology. And but the the thing he is taking, which is I can't remember the name of it now, inviting or something, is fucking experimental. And he's taking some antibodies thing, which is experimental. So he's literally doing the opposite of all what like all of what his research suggests he should do. The guy's a fucking hack. He's an incredibly, incredibly talented football player, but he is a tosspot. Um yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying desperately actually to find this to the article that I read this morning because it's absolutely brilliant. And I think what we might actually do is uh, if I find it again, I want to give credit to the guy, we'll we'll retweet it on social media or something, um, share it out. Um because he actually goes into how it's just that dumb old jock narrative again that's not yeah. going to do any favours for American football players and uh, just sporting athletes in general. Um, if someone like Aaron Rodgers, who is as established as he is in the league, 37 years old, uh, three-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP, um, can essentially lie to the fan base or misguide the fan base uh, and say that he's, uh, when asked if he's been vaccinated, that he's working on it or that he's got it covered. Um, uh, I'm paraphrasing there, but that's essentially what he was saying in all his press conferences, right? Yeah, anybody, he yeah. he has to know that he's misguiding the uh, fan base at that point to suggest that he's been vaccinated. Let's and, let, let's, let, let's let's not be around a bush. Not misguiding. He's lying. He's yes. lying. Uh, he 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 has homeopathy, which is the biggest con in the medical profession. It's fucking nonsense. It doesn't work. It doesn't protect you against anything. It's fucking nonsense. It's just actually in the same article, the guy uh, says Aaron Rodgers is essentially um, $50,000 in debt, let's say, for example. But um, by uh, someone, so someone tries to bail him out of his debt by offering $40,000. And he's just saying, mm, no, I'm going to reject that because it's not the full amount. And that's kind of what he's doing here. A CDC study earlier this year said the risk of COVID-19 infection was reduced by 91% in those who are fully vaccinated. So just because it doesn't cover the full 100%, Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust it and hasn't taken it. 
I mean, he, he he's he's effectively admitting that he does Facebook research and he listens to Jenny McCarthy. It's <laughs> just the guy needs to shut the hell up. Um, he went. He was on Pat McAfee again earlier, and I did listen to a little bit of it, uh, where he, you know, he was saying he was saying that he's not an anti-vaxxer per se. It's this particular anti-vax thing. He did come across a little better today, I must admit. But no, no, he's just, he, he just bangs on about it being oh, you know, he, he he's an advocate for body bodily autonomy. And if if the vaccine is he doesn't feel the vaccine's right for him, that's his decision. But you just it's just selfish. You can't make that kind of decision when it when genuinely there are hundreds and thousands, millions of people worldwide who are vulnerable to this kind of incredibly vulnerable to this disease, this virus. Like the I don't want to say the greater good because it sounds like fucking fascism, right? But like there is a greater <laughs> good behind it. You know, there, is, there absolutely is a, re, a, a reason to take it that is driven by wanting to protect other people. And going down the homeopathy route doesn't protect anybody else. It just makes you look like a prick. But let's yeah. move on. No, I agree. I agree. Thank you. Covered <laughs> we've, said, we've said enough about Aaron Rodgers, and let's, let's try and not talk about him again all season. Um, <laughs> um, but stick, sticking with COVID, Nick Chubb and... Uh, a player that has genuinely the most bizarre first name in the history of first names, Demetric Felton, tested positive for COVID. Both are vaxxed, meaning they can still play versus New England on Sunday should they test negative twice, 24 hours apart, ahead of Sunday. Um, obviously, Nick Chubb is more or less the... I mean, he's probably greater than 50% of the Browns' uh, offensive plan, isn't he? So um, that's going to be an enormous, enormous loss. Well, uh, clearly you've never heard of the Brickishaw Ferguson, the offensive tackle for the Jets. <laughs> if you think Dearness Johnson is the, the weirdest first name in it. No, in no, NFL. it's not Dearness Johnson. It's Demetric Felton. Demetric, for, <laughs> forgive me, Demetric. We have a Dearness as well somewhere. The, but, no, uh, the NFL is riddled with weird and wonderful names. It's a weird and wonderful league. Um, uh, but, it's a weird league <laughs> but uh, yes uh, get back on, on track here get the show back on track Nick Chubb is a massive loss he is the heart and soul of the Browns mm-hmm. uh, averaging 6 yards a carry this year Unlike third, in the, third in the league <laughs> um, he's the rear end of the Browns at this point <laughs> um, well, yeah, he's, so, he's, the, he's, he's the discharge now isn't he <laughs> yeah, I suppose so <laughs> I don't know if we can get this show back on track anymore. Actually. I think we'll leave it. We should leave the new segment of that. Uh, right. Let, let's get it back on track with last week in 60 seconds. Um, I came in and absolutely smashed it after, after a week off uh, last week. So um, I'm looking forward to what you do with it this week, Ross. Let me just get ourselves a timer set up. I will say this is a laterally pre- uh, prepared um, so if I get uh, unpracticed as well, it was um, I, I I did stumble upon you setting it up, uh, which is in, which which was good to uh, good to see. Um, but yeah, okay. So we have um, let me just turn the volume of my phone up. We have one minute on the clock. I'm going to hold it up for you so you can see it. Yep. Um, are you ready, Ross? 
Yeah, ready to deliver, B. Your time starts now. The Colts thrashed the Jets and Mike White in TNF, and that brings us to Sunday, where all hell simply broke loose. Denver and Jacksonville shocked the world and broke fantasy owners' hearts, beating the Cowboys and Bills, respectively. The Browns thrashed the pretender Bengals. Miami got a win, albeit against Houston, while the Pats tamed the Panthers, who've fallen off a, clo- a cliff recently. The Ravens and Falcons beat out the Vikings and Saints, both in dramatic fashion, while an awful week in Las Vegas was capped by a despairing loss to Daniel Jones and the Giants. The Chargers overcame the Eagles, and the Chiefs beat the Packers in spite of Patty Mahomes, not because of. The 49ers are dead, thanks to the Cardinals. The Titans brought the Rams back to the pack. And finally, on MNF, there was a game of football, apparently. And our ref was horrifically bad. Uh, I still have 10 more seconds, so... You do? Yeah. I've well absolutely done. smashed that, I think. You've absolutely annihilated it, mate. Well done. Good work. We're not even, we don't even need the buzzer. There we go. Good work. Thank you, thank you. That's, uh, I, was, I don't know if you listened back to the one that I did previously, where I had it all... I had it all in sight, and I, I said the lines and on M and F, and then the buzzer went, and I yeah. was absolutely gutted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your reaction was pretty priceless. Like, ah, oh, I was on the last game. No. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching. But here we are. We're back on track again. We're, we're back. We're back on track. We in the in in the last two weeks we're two for two. So, um, Alan hopefully returns next week and. Uh, continues the trend on of success rather than failure. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the week. Um, the Colts uh, went in, uh, went into the, well, came out of the game um, as being the, uh, the the team with the most defensive takeaways in the league, in spite of having the lowest QB pressure. That must be a record, right? Like, surely those, you, those who usually go somewhat hand in hand you would think so. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no. Lowest quarterback pressure, which is improving, is improving. Quickly pace starting to starting to uh, trouble quarterbacks more and more. Um, and I know he's only just returned from the pup list, but uh, Dayo Odiyingbo, um, who was a third, fourth, third or fourth round pickup for the Colts, another edge rusher, um, uh, he had a decent game. Um, so the future might be slightly more positive in the pass rush, um, pass rush respects in Indy in the future. I mean, the, the run game, the run game is almost impossible to put up against the Colts at the moment, which is great. Um, but the secondary is just dreadful. It's like worse, borderline worse in the league. It allowed the Jets backups, backup quarterback Josh Johnson to complete for 317 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. That is pathetic. A backup's backup, the third string quarterback. He's basically a practice squad guy. The famous Josh Johnson. Uh, he's been in, in and out of the league since 2009 and suddenly had a career night just about on, yeah. on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Admittedly, it was all a lot of garbage time. Like you guys were up 42 something. 42 um, 10 with 21 minutes of game left. Yeah, I think I think I think I could see Matt Eberflus just shutting that down. You could tell they just kind of eased off them a wee bit, so I wouldn't take it too much to heart. But I understand that you, when you wanted to make a statement um, to kind of show that you're back in this yeah. kind of division hunt, at least back in the wild card yeah. hunt, you want yeah. you want the defense to kind of 
put the so that we can the stop foot. the fucking gents. That's what I want them well, to do. Well, yeah, put, put the, um, put the uh, foot on the throat a little bit at the, at the end there. But yeah, yeah, and again, I know it was I know it was garbage time, but uh, Frank Frank right truly needs to dial it in and start reading from a better game script because right now he doesn't run it enough. Just doesn't run it enough. We need to run the ball more. We need. I can't even really complain about Carson Wentz too much. There were three or four bad passes in the second half. But they weren't dreadful. They weren't pick contenders. They were just little overthrown. Um, but it ended up with us only scoring a touchdown early on in the third quarter, and then, and then a, um, and then a field goal in the fourth quarter. We basically allowed twenty points to go more or less unanswered against the fucking Jets. It's not good. We've got Jacksonville next week. God knows what's going to happen in that game. Jesus, I'm. I might be nervous about a game against the Jags for the first time in history. Yeah, they actually looked uh, quite well. Mm, I wouldn't menace, say good menacing. this year. No, they they, yes. they look menacing. They're starting to look menacing on defense again, which you know it, yes. it's not yes. quite harkening back to Saxonville, but they're looking pretty handy. They look they're looking like a team that's kind of unlucky, right? They keep losing relatively some some relatively close games, and they've just fucking beaten the Bills. I mean, they they didn't beat the Bills. They absolutely battered the shit out of them. Josh Allen they, uh... fucked Josh Allen repeatedly. <laughs> well, they they battered the shit out of Josh Allen. Um, four sacks, forced a couple of turnovers from. No, no, I mean the Jack stuff. Jag, Jaguars defender Josh Allen battered oh, the God, shit God. out of yes the Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Oh, that was doing my head in all weekend. I won't lie to you. I, I kept seeing Josh Allen yeah. on Twitter, and I was like. Well, surely the Bills are doing well, and then I would check back on Red Zone, and it's <laughs> not the same Josh Allen. Good player, though. Good player. Mm. Um, yeah, you're right, actually. To be fair, Jacksonville defense looked really, really good against the Bills, yeah. which who we all think of as one of the best offenses in the league, mm-hmm. and they were made to look distinctly average. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really. Against Jacksonville. I mean, he hold them to six points. Like, don't think anybody saw that coming. How many? Since, since they since the Bills really like picked picked up a couple of a couple of years ago, um, well last year really wasn't it? Um, yeah. How many times have been held to six points? I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, not I, this year. I'm I'm going to I'm going to make a stab in the dark and say it's the first time they've been held to less than ten points. Less than less screw it. Less than fourteen points in two years. Less than fourteen points. Yep, when weren't held to fourteen points or less last year. Even their losses, they scored sixteen and seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, really impressive from Jacksonville. You have to go all the way back to twenty nineteen, and I still can't quite find it yet. There we go. Uh, week four of twenty nineteen against New England. Even that was ten points. So this was single digits, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure the Colts have got nothing to worry about next next, next weekend at home against Jacksonville. I'm sure. I'm sure the Colts are going to win relative with relative ease. But it does just does just get you a little bit nervous. What I'd say for your Colts is that um, although you were saying they didn't run the ball enough, they were they got twenty five rushes, like called rushes. Um, mm-hmm. On Thursday night football, and that w- that was 30, 30 called passes. So I think Frank Reich is clearly looking for some balance. Um, whether that is the right move when your rushing attack is so so. I mean, yeah, I mean, as it is just now. I mean, Jordan, 
on uh, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, if we use them sensibly, I don't think there's a better back even in Cleveland. I don't think there's a better back room in the league if we use them properly. You see what they did against. I mean, and again, pinch of salt and all that shit. It's the Jets, but they absolutely ruined them all game. All game. I mean, Naeem Hines had a fantastic, fantastic game. Just ran for days. Jonathan Taylor did his Jonathan Taylor things, found holes and just smashed through them. I mean, that the 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 touch his touchdown in the sec, in the third quarter. The ball's handed off to him. Honestly, I didn't know where the room was coming from, and all of a sudden, he's just powered through a gap that didn't even look like it was there, and he's just gone and left. Absolutely everybody in the mud. That was yeah. full trust in your offensive line at that point. Yeah, just trust, it was that, trust that the gap is going to be because he hit that hole a hundred <laughs> miles an hour, like, Fuck yeah. like without yeah. just trusting that the offensive line was going to create that gap for him or just enough for him to sliver through. And he, yeah, he, there was no patience in it at all. He just trusted the offensive line would create the gap, and he went up hundred yeah. miles an hour through there. And jet safety took a bad angle, but he couldn't have thought that. Taylor was going to hit the hole that hard. Um, no, no, it was it was it was a real, real like. I mean, if if Jonathan Taylor hadn't already done it, it's the statement is just like, boys, I'm here, and you need to pay attention because I am serious. That yeah. it was that kind of. I mean, it was the first play of the drive. He just took the ball and away we go. Touchdown, nice one. At that point, I was like, we're going to score sixty here tonight. Has to be odds on favorite for rushing title now with Derek Henry's injury. I would say it depends when it depends when Henry's Henry's back. Um, in reality, if he can get back four or five weeks, which being the freak he is, I wouldn't put it past True. him. That's fair. Henry probably will just about pip him, but if we can use him a little bit more, I think we I think we can I think I think we can send him up to two thousand yards. Yeah, I agree. I think um, Naeem Hines, Hines showed something that he should be involved a lot more in the attack. So wonder if they'll save Taylor a bit more. But we'll, I guess the only time will tell. You guys need to rack up some wins now. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a couple of good weeks ahead of us to do it um, with the Jags, the Texans and the Bills. <laughs> um, and then obviously we've got the Bucks, the Pats, the Raiders, uh the Cardinals. So it's not the easiest running, but you know, we've, yeah, Texans again, Jags again. There's five wins there, I reckon. Four, five wins. It's a tough Shall we tough talk one. about the uh, division yeah, leaders on the side? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the Titans. They're really good, aren't they? I, I, on the uh, on the YouTube show last week, I uh, I, I was at, listen, I, I did go a bit over the top with talking about how bad the Titans' defence is. Um, and it was kind of, it was a calculate, <laughs> I put it down as a calculated risk in as much as I don't genuinely think they're that bad. In fact, I think they're quite good. I was kind of just more hoping that they were going to, the holes in the defence were going to be found by uh, Mr. Stafford and uh, the Rams. And that did not happen <laughs> uh, at all. Um, Tannehill looked good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey took a pick. Uh, pick six. Um, after after they went down, um, I would say I would go as far as to say is that the Titans' defense was the best unit on the day. Oh yeah, in the end, no, it was. Kept, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely was. 
I, I understand the idea of speaking things into existence. I'm a big fan of that, actually. Um, <laughs> I but, actually, I'm, I'm actually not. I take the piss out of people for doing shit like that. Um, big man Jeffrey Simmons had his breakout game of the year. Three oh, sacks. Yeah, yeah, he had a great game. He had a very, uh, very good game. I didn't think it was cool. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say, Dinico Autry is uh, talking yeah. about your Colts. Say so someone you guys let slip through the cracks, I would say. And, yeah. and maybe your guys were never going to pay him what he got with Tennessee. But... No, I mean we had the money. We had the money, but I think I think Autry Autry was asking for the kind of money that we hadn't really he hadn't. Well, maybe wasn't quite justified yet. I don't think he. I don't think he uh, had shown quite enough in the Colts. I wasn't overly happy that we let him go, especially to a division rival, because I was. I believe. I believed. You know, he's he's quality and he's got the ability to do what he's now doing. Um, but the Colts and the Titans are in a very different kind of window right now. You know, the Colts are very much still building, trying to build steadily towards a Super Bowl run, whereas the Titans. You've got to say they're in their they're in their window now, aren't they? They are in that window right now. If they are at their best, um, Tennessee can go toe to toe with anybody. I would yeah. say. I like, mean, they're not, the they, they, not just toe to toe with anybody. They're literally beating some of the best teams in the league at the moment. I think they just the defense finally stepped up again. We we saw them improving for a couple of years under Mike Vrabel, and then last year they took a massive step massive back. Massive step back, yeah. And now this year, I don't know if they got a little bit younger, if there's just more team chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Bayard's probably one of the more underrated safeties in the league. His yeah. pick six yeah. was obviously, obviously crucial to the game, kind of blew yeah. the, the doors open a little bit in the, the second quarter. But yeah. over, the last two, over, over the last two years, the Titans have the fourth best record in the league. The, the, and and uh, this season, they beat all three of the teams that are uh, placed above them. Uh, they're going to have to do something about that rushing attack, though, because yeah. I know they brought in Adrian Peterson, but uh, yeah, ten carries for twenty-one yards isn't uh, isn't going to cut it. No, um, I, I saw so, I saw something about um, Devonta Freeman and my, that he would have been a good a good target as, and a be- better better placed uh, re- Derek Henry play replacement. And I just I don't know what to make of that. For one, he's not available, is he? Where is he? Devon he's on the Ravens, I think, isn't he's he? On the Ravens. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was, I to be fair, Ravens have, uh, the twen- Ravens have the 2016 uh, running back uh, all-star team at this point in the <laughs> back room. Yeah. With, uh, oh. Freeman and Lev Bell. Le- Lev Bell got his uh, first... Um, Lev Bell just got his first touchdown for them, didn't he? He did, and it was it, it. really annoyed me because he looked so hyped, and every single time he touched <laughs> the ball, Levy and Bell looked so hyped and looked like he actually still believed he was the top running back in the yeah in the league, and he actually did play well. So I'll he did. Give maybe him maybe he maybe he's still got it. Maybe he can actually still do the business. Maybe maybe he, I mean he's hardly had any tracks in the last couple of years. He's not um, really had any touches. So. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to hold my hands up and say that I was wrong about Kirk Cousins. Kirky Cousins, it's my boy. I know, I know. We spoke about it at length in the off season, and I told you you're a fucking idiot for putting him as high as you do in your quarterback rankings. He might just be sniffing, sniffing at the top ten the way he's going at the moment. I feel sick saying about it. I feel sick speaking about it. But he's he's having a really good season, I think, Kirky Cousins, and um, and I hate it. Their issue is that 
when the offense goes so quiet, it's not because Kirk Cousins has turned the ball over. He's actually quite safe with the ball. Mm-hmm. But they just they just roll out a three and out drive after three mm-hmm. and out mm-hmm. drive after three and out drive. Yeah, um, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't force it. But maybe sometimes you do need to force it a little bit. Um, is, is it's he... not Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Like they can win one on one matchups in a tight window. Yeah, like, I mean they both uh, had really really good days, didn't they? Those two. Yeah, Thielen was kept quite quiet, but he got the really crucial touchdown late on to, to really the... good grab as well. Really good yeah, grab that because he was kept quite quiet, and uh, Jefferson had a really good game. Um, is is Kirk Cousins uh, too safe where Carson Wentz is too ballsy? They're the almost opposites in that respect, there, aren't they? Like Kirk Cousins isn't gonna play hero ball often, where uh, Carson does it too much. It's a loaded question because I think there was seasons where um, Cousins would want to do that and has done that, and it's cost him. So maybe he's learned his lesson almost too much, yeah. and he's learned yeah. to trust the system, trust Alvin Cook, and get the offense going. But sometimes that isn't enough, and sometimes you need that top five quarterback throw, which we know Kirk Cousins isn't as, as much as I love him, um, yeah. to, to keep the chain go, the, the chains moving. And he, he, sadly, he's not that guy. But his stats on the year look really, really good. 16 touchdowns and only two interceptions so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's not – it just doesn't click. Like I say, the, the offense just goes dormant rather than, um, you know, falls off a cliff when throwing pick sixes here, there, and everywhere. They just go dormant. And the defense isn't good enough to – um, account for that. Yeah. Um, I accidentally put money on the uh, the 49ers to win this weekend. Um, a full-on accident. Uh, and then saw that uh, Murray wasn't playing uh, and realised Col- Colt McCoy was probably going to do me the job there. And then he absolutely shined, didn't he? And I mean, just prove to me that the 49ers window is well and truly slammed shut. That is a rubbish, rubbish team at the moment. I don't. I, I, they they had a they had a bit of a flash last week. Jimmy G is a is is a liability. The Niners are done. It's. Uh, I think I actually 100% agree with you again, which is we've agreed with each other a couple of times in this show, which is. I don't think it's all uh, that, that uncommon, is it? I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's uncommon, but I feel like it's not good for the listeners. I think they want us fighting each other and throwing uh, haymakers left, right, and centre. But Alan won't be um, so happy about it. But that's true. We'll slag off his cowboys in a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Forty Nine ers just yeah, I agree. There's not a good football team anymore, and you keep waiting for Brandon Ayuk to step up, and suddenly he had a good day, and you want George Kittle to step up, and he had a good day. Yeah. And then, but when they step up, the running attack um, just goes completely AWOL and you only rushed the ball 11 times um, on the day which was what made yeah. the 49ers offense so dominant on that Super Bowl run yeah um, Nick Bosa um, does his thing again and then you're still just not good enough yeah yeah quick quick quickly just to drop in OBJ is officially cleared waivers officially cleared waivers so yeah. it's going to be a brand new little yeah, cheeky deal he, 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 he is a free agent Meaning it's a fresh contract, it's a fresh team. Anyone now can go and go and make overtures for him. Funny uh, how we had. Um, I hope four, no one does. Funny how we had four days of like, oh, the waiver wire is gonna 
come into play for a change here. The waiver order is going to come into change yeah. in four days of that uh, nonsense, and it means nothing all of a yeah. sudden. I love the NFL. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move. Let's move on from OBJ to the team he's just left. You've uh, let's 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 see your write up on it. Yeah, um, I guess following up on our Ravens chat as well, uh, the AFC North is a little bit of a mess at the moment, but um, yeah, the the Browns just kind of blew the doors off the Bengals. Absolutely ruined them. I'm pretty steaming about this because I did a bet builder on this game. Uh, And I initially put Nick Chubb in as my touchdown scorer on the game and I took him out for Jamal Chase. Because Jamal Chase's odds were better. And to be fair, he's been he's been balling. Not this week, though, did he? Did absolutely nope. nothing. Nope. Absolutely nothing. I was fuming. Okay. I mean, it's like it's 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 north of seven hundred quid. It cost me absolutely <laughs> steaming. I think Denzel Ward had him in his pocket all. He did. Probably. Yeah. And how about that? Um, pick. How about Denzel Ward's pick six? Nas. Incredible! I love a pick six. Me personally, I think it's one of my favorite plays in the game because it's just such a yeah. Uh, you, the the game doesn't turn over as quickly as it does in any other play than it does on a pick six. Mm. Well, maybe a sack, force fumble, return for a touchdown, sure, but yeah, uh, uh, but it's usually... slower because you've got to grab the ball off the floor, and there's usually yeah. a bit of fumbling around, and someone falls on their face, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, usually, it's not a pick six. Is it? You, there's usually a fat man rolling around somewhere, and then, <laughs> but. Pick six is usually a defensive back or a linebacker or someone who just starts racing away, starts juking people, starts uh, getting back to his days as a high school running back. Like yeah, Liverpool, and, 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 and then there's DK Metcalf, he comes in and stings him. <laughs> yeah, the, the pick six uh, stopper that he is. But yeah. Denzel Ward, nobody looked like he, they were going to stop him on that. He was no. gliding towards the end zone. I mean, at, really well, at one the... point, it didn't even look like he's, he was actually like moving. He was, he, was, he was genuinely floating and floating towards the end zone, wasn't he? You actually thought, like, it looked like a little bit in slow motion that, you know, the, the quarterback, Joe Burrow, was going to stop him. And then suddenly, then the words just breaking Joe Burrow's yeah. other knee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, again, the Browns just asserted themselves as a... Yeah, it, 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 it's incredible. It's incredible what having a team full of people who are running the routes they've been told to run can do for an offense, isn't it? I think, to be fair, on that point, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, basically stepping in as OBJ's replacement, I guess, has yeah. been at this stage, very I'm solid. Whenever, at this stage, whenever they've asked him, uh, whatever they've asked him to do, he's always gone out there as, a, as a, yeah. uh, the fourth receiver, the third receiver, whenever they've called his number. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always stepped up at this point, uh, Peoples-Jones. Yeah. And it's uh, obviously, you know, he just buys into the team mentality, uh, and that's something that OBJ didn't do. Yeah. Um, Good day for Baker. Yeah. Looked 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 like Baker's last looked, looked like Baker last year rather than what we've seen of him so far this year. Obviously, he's playing through that really dodgy shoulder, but great game. Yeah, I think didn't he, really put a foot Baker, wrong, did he? Again, talking about the system, the Browns. I don't know if there's any more system dependent uh, team than mm. the Browns at this point. Mm. They have some stars, you know, Miles Garrett, um, who just does what he does. Sure, but everyone else just buys into this uh, Stefanski's mm-hmm. system and. Yeah. No one, no one more so than Nick Chubb, who had a tremendous day again. Um, talking about the Jonathan Taylor long run, uh, Nick Chubb's was just about as impressive, if not more so. He yeah he had to find he actually had to find the hole and fight for fight yeah, for yeah. that yardage. Yeah, did, um, yeah. Broke some tackles as well along the way, but uh, he's just incredible. And that rushing attack again went off. Twenty three carries, one hundred fifty three yards, mm-hmm. two touchdowns of the team, and just 
mauled the Bengals, quite frankly. Yeah. And uh, shout out to JC Teller, who just got uh, uh, the guard uh, for the Browns, who just yeah. got a massive extension. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well-deserved, because that offensive line is one of the best in football, and I think everyone yeah, I mean, should be paid. Whatever they've been paying them up until up until this new deal is not enough, is it? No. Um, um, that, that, that line is... That line is a very, very, very good unit, and it makes it makes Nick Chubb's life incredibly easy. It does, it does. But uh, again, this AFC North is just so, so weird. The Ravens can just have that winning mentality, um, mm-hmm. continue to eke out some wins in overtime. Another overtime win against the Vikings um, that we already kind of covered when they were down. Uh, 24-10 and that, mm. the game kind of looked over at that point after a kickoff touchdown um, to start the third quarter for the Vikings and yeah. Lamar Jackson just leads the Ravens back into it and then they sneak out a win in overtime and it's just something <clears throat> the Bengals haven't figured out yet how to win those kind of games I wonder um, if anyone won any Ackers this weekend on, on the NFL I wouldn't, have have to, I wouldn't have thought so if somebody did they'd put it up on Twitter instantly so I think we might have to search for a couple <laughs> Because yeah. uh, whoever won one this week was has won a, a lot genius. of money. Yeah, yeah. Because because it's just it's just all nonsense. Um, let's 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 move it on to uh, the Packers versus uh, the Chiefs. Rubbish game of football, wasn't it? Jordan, yeah, we Jordan have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me say this: Jordan Love's debut didn't go to plan, even if it probably did go to go as scripted. Uh, I said last week, I'll say it again: Mahomes is bench worthy right now. Playing that way, if he was, if he wasn't Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I said last week, if he wasn't yeah. Patrick Mahomes and a and a former MVP and Super Bowl winner, he would have yeah. been benched right now. I would I, at this stage, I'm I, I would think I would rather have Chad Henney out there, even if it was just just so that it gave Mahomes a bit of a kick up the ass. Doesn't help because the, the, the offensive line's a bit shit, but he is not playing good ball. He is just not bankable. He is not a top fifteen quarterback in this league right now. I just wonder where that line is. Like, is there a team? Someone like if Ryan Tannehill was playing like this, would he be benched? Or oh, of course, of um, course. I think straight away. Someone like uh, Matt Ryan probably would be benched. I think it's just Mahomes is. Uh, I don't know all those bad habits we kind of spotted in the first couple of weeks of the well since the Super Bowl. Really, I guess they've. They just they're just there the whole time now. He holds the ball too long. He backpedals too much. Um, is the right play calls being made? I don't know. It's not my not my expertise. I'm not Andy Reid. I'm not Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a very very average unit at the moment, and they really shouldn't be with all the talent they have uh, on that yeah. offensive side of the ball. Right. So I'm just I'm just having a quick quick look here. Okay, so uh, Patrick Mahomes stats 2021 uh, completion percentage 65.2, which isn't actually doesn't stink. It's 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 not his highest. It's not his lowest. Um, two two and a half thousand yards again, not dreadful. Um, Twenty. 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Yeah, the turnovers are the killer. Um, That's in a Sam Darnold territory, just about. So I'm just I'm just looking at uh, Carson Wentz's 2020 season. 
because he played he played twelve games and Mahomes has obviously done has, has completed nine so far. Mm-hmm. Um, went two thousand six hundred yards, say only only fifty odd yards off, sixty yards off. Sixteen touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. So touchdown wise, you know as you'd expect, he's 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 clear. He might beat the interceptions for Wentz this year. Within three three games left? Well, three games until that point. Three games until that point, yeah. Um, Wentz quarterback rating... Um, well, sorry, his passer rating was 72.8 uh, in 2020. Uh, and at the moment, uh, Mahomes 92.5. It's not far off. 2020 Wentz sort of performance. I mean, he's 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 he's, he's ahead of he's a, he's he's rightly so he's ahead of Wentz, but he's not far off, and he's way behind Wentz this year. By the way, it's a good bar to say actually. To be fair, I wouldn't have thought of that bar, but due to your Colts fandom, obviously it helps. But that is a good bar to say. I think that does put it into perspective that you know, like one bad one bad game, another <laughs> couple of bad games like he's been having. Um, yeah. And he's and he's right there, you know. Like uh, he has another game, like he did against the Bills, for example. Um, he's going to be right there with yeah. uh, that performance from Wentz last year. Shocking, isn't it? Absolutely shocking. Um, I'm sorry to do this, but Ross, uh, I want to hear you talk about the Saints. Yeah, gut wrenching. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, though, I, I kind of set myself up for a loss. Um, you know, we were twenty four six down. Uh, late in the second half. Taysom Hill came in and uh, threw a couple of passes and looked good. But then we put Trevor Simeon back in the starting position, uh, brought him back on the field, and he uh, led us on a merry old comeback. Um, came all the way back from 24-6, um, took a one-point lead with 101 left on the clock. And you're thinking, okay, defense is probably the better unit for the Saints this year. Matt Ryan and the, the Falcons haven't looked like the 2017 Falcons in yeah. many, 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 yeah. many years. Um, but that missed two-point conversion uh, as to why we only had the one-point lead was obviously crucial. The first play of the Falcons drive, Matt Ryan hits the 64-yard streak and big run after the catch um, from Cordell Patterson, who's been tremendous this year. By oh, the way. he's having a great year, isn't he? Really, finally. really good year. Yeah, Had finally. big hopes for him in 2013, all those years when he came back and he's just been a kick returner ever since. And yeah. then suddenly the Falcons and Mike uh, Smith get uh, get something out of them. But yeah. even then, by the way, so that, that big play, that massive play gets them in the field goal range. Um, I don't know if many people have seen this because they wouldn't have been following the Saints-Falcons game necessarily, but uh, they, they run the ball to try and milk the clock, like yeah. to try and milk like another few seconds off it yeah. instead of taking the knee uh, and then run it down. But Mike Davis just kind of hops around too much and we actually get the ball punched out. I can't, I can't remember who the defensive lineman was that got in there, but he proper, you know, peanut Tillman uh, yeah. the ball out of uh, Davis's grasp. He proper Darius Leonard. Proper Leonard Darius Leonard is, is yeah. the 2021 version of peanut Tillman. Um, punched the ball out um, and it was bouncing around for what seemed like a, an age. And I jumped out, leaped out of my sofa and shouted, ball, 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 ball. <laughs> None of the fucking Saints defenders heard me because uh, Mike Davis managed to look around yeah. like, like a lost puppy and find his lost ball. I was um, amazed that no Saint was able to recover, recover I think that they ball. Were just, they were surprised. They were like, 
they were like, oh, why is he, why is he gone down? Oh, he's gone down. Oh, oh, the ball's out. And then they were, but they were they genuinely Saints players stood around just watching it happen. They actually, what was really funny is that then as the as the clock dripped down, uh, they were they actually panned to behind the, the Saints defense, and they were all looking up at the big screen uh, in the Superdome. <laughs> Yeah, and they they could they were showing the replay of the the play before where they punched the ball out and the ball was j- bouncing around on the ground in slow motion and like four or five of the Saints players all just reared their heads back in shame and uh, put their hand, hands to their head. Yeah, um, it was it, either way. It was shameful. Yeah, either way, uh, Falcons wound the clock down and kicked like a twenty-seven yarder to win the game, and yeah. now the Falcons are just one win back of us, and that's that hurts more. Worrying because the Falcons are not really good, are they? It's just so gut wrenching, even more so because we just come off that big win against the Bucks, yeah. right? where Simeon looked good despite Winston's injury, mm-hmm. and then uh, we just can't seem to put it together for more than a few weeks in a row at this point. No. So uh, to, to to I guess to round the week off, no, we haven't spoken about absolutely everything, but we covered covered the bases nicely. We can't we can't round it off without talking about the Cowboys, can we? Just oh, for Alan's sake. Just for Alan's sake, they're a fucking mess. They had a proper Western, didn't they? Um, 30 points to 16 after being 30 nothing down. I genuinely, genuinely thought they were going to be shut out at one point. Um, it's a pretty good job Alan's not here. As I'm sure, understandably, he'd probably claim... Uh, re- well, he'd, he'd, have, he'd refused to acknowledge that the Cowboys took any part in the game. And as it happens, they only really turned up for the fourth quarter anyway. Um Broncos scored six, six times unanswered before the Cowboys muster any kind of offence. Of, of, of Just dreadful, dreadful performance by the uh, by the Cowboys. I think dreadful. Just, just didn't work. You know, it's just one of those, it's one of those blips. Same as the Bills, isn't it? It's like, wow, they really stunk this weekend. That's out of their system. They'll be great next week. Just looked off from the start, and they can't even blame it on like looking too far ahead or anything like that because they play the fu- they play Atlanta next week at home. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's so not like it was they've got you know, a divisional, looking ahead to a divisional decider on the line, have they? Next up, like it's another no, n- it's n- nothing team. Then they go on the road to the Chiefs, who haven't really played well. Then the Raiders. So if anything, that's the one thing maybe Alan can take solace from this game is that like, okay, they got this out their system. Now you're at home to Atlanta on the road to the Chiefs. You haven't been special. The Raiders are falling apart at the seams, um, so yeah. the schedule is lining up to get back on track quite quickly. Yeah, for they've them. got probably and, got three wins in the next three. But you would you would have said that they probably have four out of four looking at the next four before Sunday, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think they 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 should be on their winning streak still because they they went uh, seven undefeated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six under feet. It's nice. Six it's, it's nice that they've been brought down, back down to earth. I suppose it's nice. I think, that, I think you could say that with a few teams, uh, probable contenders over the last few weeks. The Bucks losing to the Saints, the Bills, um, everyone, the Cowboys, but the, everyone but the fucking Titans. Everyone although, but the Titans. Although, although they did have they did have their marquee moment against the Jets a few weeks ago. So that just shows what a wacky year it's been so far. I think when yeah. it's been proper weird, isn't it? You know, it's not like. Um, your 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 losses are coming from places you'd expect it to come from. Like you know, you'd expect the Cowboys to maybe lose to the Bucks and then still go on and have a good season, but you wouldn't expect the the Cowboys Cowboys to lose to the Broncos or then the Bucks to go on and lose to the Saints. Like it's been a weird little yeah. year where 
yeah. everyone seems to be having those off days. Every, um, which every is absolutely rare. every absolutely every team, more or less, can beat anyone at this stage. You know, Everyone's had an off take, day. Yeah. Take 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 out the Texans, uh, the Jags, the Lions. <laughs> you want to buy week just this had, week? Like just had the Jags beating the Bills. You know? Oh yeah, like yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's all right. Just take out the Texans and the Lions, then. I suppose the, 49ers, the Lions, the even, even I thinking back, even the Lions were at I mean, sixty-seven got, yards. Fuck, they, yeah, they got ro- absolutely robbed against the Ravens. Against didn't the they? Ravens, proper. So rubs. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think nobody can turn up and expect to win these days. Yeah, um, um, we'll, we'll we'll mention it for posterity, but we're not really going to talk about it. Uh, the uh, the Steelers won Monday Night Football um, with with, with with help from the referees once more. Hmm. Shocking that, <laughs> not. Anyway, let's move on. Um, time for any other business. You got any other business, mate? Uh, I thought it's time uh, to give some defensive players a little bit love. I think we're quite fair on this podcast. I think we like to give a, a shout-out to good defensive performances, but um, why not give a little bit more love? Because there's been some outstanding performances recently, and there's some... Um, really good, really good players that are having great seasons. Then defensive player of the year is shaping up as a hot contest. Uh, I would say with still lots of weeks left um, in the season. So I guess we've got a little list here of a lot of the contenders for defensive player of the year. But um, I would say there's only one place to really start, and I would say Miles Garrett is the favourite at this point because um, he's set off on a tremendous pace of sacks, uh, twelve sacks in his first. Uh, well, through the first nine weeks of the season. Um, could he go on and break Michael Strahan's record? I think it's definitely it's within his the, realm. It's on the cards, isn't it? Well, it's not beyond. I'd be interested to see um, with the extra week if that's what does it for them in the end. Yeah, um, yeah. well, I mean, you, you, I guess we should probably expect a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, records to start falling over the next couple of years with an extra game week, right? I actually thought of this at the start of the, the year because I wrote a little article for um, Brian's podcast, The Pigskin Party, on what um, records we could see broken on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And it's not that many, as many as you might think, with only one week left. Like, obviously, passing yards, passing touchdowns makes sense. But yeah. if you don't have a quarterback go off uh, in a given year, like, Paddy Mahomes did a couple mm. of years ago, or Peyton Manning the year he broke all those records. Then mm. even 17 games, that extra game might not make all that difference, especially for passing touchdowns. But yeah. Sachs was one of the ones that obviously stood out on the defensive side of the ball because if somebody gets hot in the last couple of weeks of the year, you could get four or five sacks and suddenly you're right in touch. And Miles Garrett's obviously the standout who's already had a couple of three sack games this year. Yeah. So yeah. He's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, last week, last year's uh, uh, probably robbed Depoy, TJ Watt. You go next. Yeah, TJ Watt also, uh, actually probably the guy that inspired this, any other business topic, because TJ Watt uh, had a three-sack game last night. I guess. He's, he's, ahead, he's actually ahead of Miles Garrett for me. Against the Bills. Interesting. Uh, the forced fumbles at Dupree, he's had three forced fumbles. He's, he's, he's an ta- expert. More, yeah, more tackles... More solo tackles, more you know, half a sack less. So like an assisted sack, less than uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, th- three force fumbles, two of which he recovered himself. 
he's uh, he's right. He's right there. He's absolutely right there for me. Miles um, Garrett isn't far behind. Uh, there's a couple of guys I don't think are far behind, but I think TJ Watt for me uh, would be my choice this year. I think it's very very so close. Far. Actually, I just, I just looked at the game as well. I think TJ Watt must have missed the game, and because uh, he's only played seven, and he's got eleven point five sacks yeah. compared to Garrett's twelve. So mm-hmm. I think if you were if you're going on the production per game, obviously. What is in the lead there? Yeah. Um. I don't know if he was robbed against Donald last year. I think Donald was exceptional, but he was. So was TJ Watt, and I think. Uh, yeah. I think T- I was. I was. T- 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 you you expect? I think you know Aaron Donald. You know is possibly rightfully called the best player in the league. I mean, I would say that's Derrick Henry personally, but Aaron Donald is probably a close second um, for me. So he um. I don't know. My expect my expectation was of Donald was slightly higher than TJ Watt, and for me, I think TJ Watt, TJ Watt is just phenomenal. No, I agree. I think uh, obviously we'll Donald cut... Donald as well, but yeah, I think it could come down to uh, to Garrett or Watt eventually. But we've we've rattled off a couple more names because um, Trevon Diggs had that exceptional start to the. Yeah. The season, yeah. seven interceptions, historic start to the season. Mm-hmm. I should say, really, seven interceptions in six games was it? Yeah. Um, just came off a bad performance against the Broncos. He gave up. Got beat fifth. everywhere. Got beat everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But he, he's got twenty six tackles, twenty three solo, which is incredible efficiency, and then uh, seven interceptions and two of those are pick sixes. So the numbers are even even up with having a bad game this week. The numbers are insane. And he has that highlight moment against the Pats as well. Like the, uh, yeah. I think uh, America's Game of the Week. Uh, I think it was on Fox, and you know everyone. One of the biggest uh, viewerships of the year, probably yeah. for Cowboys, Patriots, Dallas, and Boston markets. And mm-hmm. he takes Mac Jones' pick uh, ball back for uh, the, the touchdown there. Yeah. Um, I think that does account for something in voters' minds sometimes. If you can think of a player having a big marquee moment like yeah. that, especially for the Cowboys, he's their best player on defense and they are sitting at six and two. So if they go on to run the table, just about go 13 or four or something like that. um, They do like to give these awards to players on teams of our playoff (laughs) teams. Yeah. Um, So the the digs definitely has that going for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you're keen to chat about Darius Leonard. I'll probably let you read out his stat line and tell uh, the listeners exactly what he does for the Colts. Yeah, I mean, 67 tackles, 40 of which are solo. 40. 40 solo tackles. Insane. Um, four forced fumbles, which are all punch-outs. Um, it's just sickening how accurate that fist is. Uh, fumbled, recovered two of those fumbles himself, two interceptions. Uh, he's so, his reading his reading of the quarterback is just phenomenal. Um does it to everyone, and 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 you see quarterbacks making adjustments every single. I mean, you know, they they do it, they do it all the time, reading defenses. But quarterbacks coming against the Colts aren't just aren't reading the defense; they're reading Darius Leonard. <laughs> they're, they're reading Darius Leonard, and Darius Leonard almost on his own, um, <coughs> and still somebody is throw at him. <coughs> He's he's just yeah. I haven't even, I, I haven't put the passes defense, but it's it's not a bad number either. Uh, he's yeah. He's just a different 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 gravy. He's he's probably 
on par, well, just behind Garrett and TJ Watt for me. He's not far off. The uh, if he puts up puts up uh, puts up a few more thumb, force fumbles, a few more uh, interceptions, might just take over for me. No, he's, he's exceptional. I think. Um, right. If you're going to give it to... right, rightly so, he is the bit highest paid uh, linebacker in the league. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think at this point in his career, as well, still young too, so maybe has a three or four more good years ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, if uh, <clears throat> I, I, can't, I can't be asked to go and find it now, but if you look at his, if you look at his career stats, he's um, he's he's now ahead in tackles and tackles and interceptions and forced fumbles. Than Fred Warner, who's been in the league, how many years more than Darius? Darius is what, five, four, five, six years, four or five years in, um, hmm. and he's already ahead of some of the guys that idiots claim are better than him. Just thirteen just forced. Around. I'm looking at thirteen forced fumbles in his career in yeah. just four seasons. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not a slouching number, is it? It's, Proper. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna give it to a linebacker, I think you like a defensive player. You have to give it to him. No, think, it, won't, it I mean, won't go to a linebacker. It won't go to Darius Leonard. The market's too small, and we're probably gonna miss out on the playoffs. But. If you're gonna if you're gonna give it to the linebacker, I think it's him. Roquan Smith is a joint leader in tackles at the moment for the Bears. He's had a good year, but the Bears are just not very good. No. Um, Bobby Wagner is always up there in tackles, but Seattle's he's on one of the worst defenses in the league. So. Um, I think that's where you do have to look at forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, um, dynamic plays, and that's what Darius Leonard is good at. Yeah. Um, if you're going to uh, edge towards a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of edge, we'll go back to the edge rushers. Yeah. Uh, and we'll settle on Nick Bosa, who has come back from that ACL injury. And despite yeah. the 49ers not being good, we mentioned earlier that Nick Bosa continues to do his thing. Mm-hmm. 30 tackles, 23 solo, <laughs> 7.5 sacks, a couple of forced fumbles. He is just a wrecking ball on defense. And I just wish yeah, he's a problem, the 49ers... I just wish the 49ers could have a, a bit of a lead more often um, because I think Nick Bosa would tee off on quarterbacks mm-hmm. a lot more often if he yeah. had the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, obviously, Aaron Donald talking about players on the line causing issues, um, and rightly so. He's the he's he's the best interior lineman in the league, isn't he? Thirty-seven tackles, fifteen solo, six sacks, one forced fumble, um, triple, tri- double, triple teams every single snap. Um, he's a problem. Always a problem, and the thing is, he started the season slowly, like you say, and. Here we are now. He's going on his run, and he seems to be picking up a sack a game. And it's just—I'm yeah. just waiting for that uh, break, even that proper Aaron Donald statement game where he just has yeah. three or four sacks. Usually against Russell Wilson, so he's probably waiting for Russell Wilson to come back. This, um, he's back this week, isn't he, Russ? There we go. So he's, he's, his time is now. Um, so look out for that because Donald's probably going to get to Russell Wilson whenever they play four or five times, as he yeah. always does. Uh, shall we shift on to the defensive backs? No, we touched on Trayvon Diggs earlier, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Jalen Ramsey for me is still the best cornerback in the league. Um, and PFF agree with me. His stats don't jump out, but that's because no one really throws in the ball. Um, no, it's, six it's, tackles. It's a, it's a good point as well. Is that if you're going to avoid if you're going to avoid anyone on that Rams defense, it's him, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing with that, those two Rams players, Donald and Ramsey, is that like you know you can't really run up the middle, yeah. um, so you can't you can't hold the ball more than three, four seconds, and you know you can't really throw it to one half of the field. Yeah. Um, that's what those two players do for the Rams. 
Uh, Ramsey, despite no one really throwing the ball his way, has three interceptions and a forced fumble, as yeah. well as uh, a few tackles, which he doesn't really need to do. Um, still a shutdown cornerback. Um, thinking about some of those safeties, I don't care what anybody says, Derwin James's stat line is never going to win him defensive player of the no. year because that's not what he does for the Chargers, but he gives Chargers and Brandon Staley just so many options on defense. Um, yeah, and he racks up tackles like a linebacker. He's so underrated. He's so underrated. He's he's he actually interestingly, uh, the last time I bothered doing anything on Madden, he was the first signing I made, went out and made because he's that good. He's quietly, quietly, uh, quietly efficient. Just goes about his job very, very well. And like you said, he gives he gives stay so many options on defense. He's a uh, He's, a, he's an issue, isn't he? Like, like a lot of these guys, 68 tackles, 46 of those solo. So the only guy on the list, uh, the only guy on the list that's got a, got a higher tackle number than Leonard, 1.5 sacks, three four fumbles, one interception. He's um, very good. Like, you know, his numbers are not far off Leonard, and I'm raving about Leonard. So, yeah, I think quality. he just offers the Chargers so much, as we say, and it's, yeah. they use them in so many different ways. Uh, the I hate the phrase chess piece, but that is a good way to use uh, to describe them yeah. because you, you just move them around the unit, um, the formation, and you, you could line up anywhere. You could line up on the edge. You could line up deep in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know. You, can't, you have to account for him whenever you're running yeah. a play on offense because you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, and then uh, we'll wrap, it, wrap, wrap up this list uh, with Kevin Byard, um, which... Pains me to add, but you can't. You, I don't think we. I don't think you can talk about a list of the best defenders in the league without having or having him in the conversation at the moment. Forty solo tackle, sorry, forty tackles, twenty-eight of them solo, one forced fumble which he recovered, five interceptions, and uh, one of which was a pick six this week against the Rams. Um, he's for me, he's probably the safe, the standout safety in this in the league this season. Um, it makes that entire entire def, Titans defense tick. Uh, it's just a horrible matchup. Obviously, he there have been a one, one or two games this week where he, sorry, this year, where he has been beaten and he struggled. But it's not a regular occurrence. Um, it closes down, closes down play, you know, especially like tight end seams, shuts it down so well. Um, really like Kevin Byard, and I really hate that I like him so much. Yeah, he's had a good career. Um, for Tennessee, they still got a few more years ahead. Yeah. Part of the reason their defense has done so well is because they're that that <coughs> back end of their defense has performed much better than they did uh, last year. Um, much more reliable in the secondary. And Kevin Byard just does what he does. He's a bit of a ball magnet back yeah. there. Um, yeah, five yeah. more picks to add to twenty-three career interceptions so far. Not a bad little career. Not 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 bad. Not bad at all. And do you want to? Do you want to, uh, just drop in your uh, your moment of the week, Ross? You've selected one, even though we haven't done that for a few weeks. You've gone and done one anyway. I was just so um, <laughs> uh, uh, I was so impressed by the uh, Denzel Award ninety nine yard six pick that I thought I'd give it another shout out. Six pick. Um, pick six. Apologies, it's been a long day, a lot of travelling. <laughs> I'm on my holiday. Leave me alone, mate. Um, just read the route like a textbook, pounced on the ball from Burrow. Uh, and like we said, he never looked like being stopped on his way to the end zone. No. He looked like a running back out there. Um, and about his, and it was coming. I didn't realise he was coming off a hamstring injury as well. Um, he missed the previous game. Um, so didn't look like there was anything wrong with the hamstrings on that 
tone. Um, just set the tone, set the tone for the game. And, no, uh, he um, he was on oxygen for like the next hour after that run. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I can believe it. But uh, yeah, and then Burrow never looked confident for the rest of the game. Um, that completely shattered his confidence. Yeah, so, it really did. Yeah, crucial potentially not just for the game, but potentially the season if you get a win over your division rivals like that. Right there we go. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, Ross, thank you, uh, especially considering you're on holiday. Thank you for uh, coming in and helping me make some sense of week nine. Yeah, no problem. Always happy to be here. Please, uh, please come and join us over on YouTube Thursday morning to see us make our week 10 picks and uh, allow me to revel in my victory in week nine. Little preview, little spoiler for it there, but I dominated. Um, you can also join us over on Twitter at Tough Show Official. We've got a little Discord community where you can come and chat football, all kinds of football with us, all sorts of sports. We do a lot, a lot of chat on there. Um, mainly just taking the piss out of Aaron Rodgers at the moment. It's wonderful. Um, otherwise, thank you everyone for listening. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>